0: Welcome, everybody, to Nice Grass, Nice People, Uh, a new podcast with me, Kyle Serlo, and my good friend, Chris Durr. Um, This is very exciting, everybody. Uh, Me and my friend Chris uh, have enjoyed doing podcasts together for years. I think our first podcast was back in 2017. Chris, all-time good guy based out of San Diego, uh, former assistant golf professional in San Francisco. Dude, it's just a golf sicko. Uh, like myself and I almost never have more fun talking golf than when I'm doing so with Chris and, um, uh, we had been throwing this idea around like, Hey man, let's just start doing a normal segment, uh, you know, on the golf guide podcast here for, you know, and just to get you on as a guest a little more regularly now that, uh, he's no longer, con- you know, he was a longtime host of the no gimme's podcast, which was also phenomenal, but you know, he's a little bit busier with the work and stuff like that. So he's kind of stopped doing that consistently. He still runs a skins game that goes down in San Diego every single week. Um, but we've been looking for an excuse to be able to talk more and do podcasts more. So we just figured, hey, let's just start a little spin off of this show where just the two of us get together once or twice a month, get caught up on all things golf. And uh, that is what you have here uh, with nice grass and nice people. A, you know, it, it's just a place where we like to talk about great, great golf courses, nice grass, and we like to do it with nice people. And uh, like I said, like I say in the top of the podcast, very few people out there nicer uh, than my buddy Chris Ter. So I hope you guys really enjoy this podcast. Um, we're going to be running these on the golf guide podcast feed for a little while, uh, but we're also going to be starting a new feed. So we'll have just these ones available over there as well. And eventually we'll move all the episodes over to that feed going forward. So be sure, uh, in the upcoming weeks to make sure you try to check out nice grass, nice people probably should be going up there, uh, available where you listen to almost all your other padca- podcasts here in the next month or so with all of that hullabaloo out of the way. Let's get to it, guys. Uh, nice grass. Nice
1: people. Now. Oh, it looks more like a, a country club than a
0: nursing home. Nice grass. Nice people. Now we brought here suit. All right. Uh, man, it is good to be back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Nice Grass. Nice people. And you know what? This is a show where we not just talk about, you know, yes, we talk about a lot of golf courses that have a lot of nice grass. But even more importantly, we like to do it with nice people. No person nicer than my friend and co-host, Christopher Durr, who is with us right now. And uh, Mr. Durr, you told me you just got a haircut. I I, I could have guessed it when I saw you on our video, but I'm just going to let you know, man, you are just looking svelte right now. You, You are looking handsome and svelte. And this is late. Late on a Sunday night, hours past your normal bedtime, and yet you're still
1: thriving. How are you, sir? I'm doing so good. C- cut a bunch of hair off. Took off like four inches. Woo! I feel like you're at the opposite end where I took off four inches, and I feel like every time I see you, it looks like exponentially longer than it did before. You're at the point where you're just like compounding interest on that hair, dude. It just gets l- longer and thicker every time I see you, man. Which is a great place to be because now all you do is like it's only one way for that trajectory to keep going. Right. You got through the awkward stage. I feel like I cut it into the awkward stage. <laughs> it's good to be here, my man. I'm fucking stuck. Uh,
0: and you know what, man, I, I don't mean for us to go on a totally unrelated, you know, tangent that does nothing to do with golf less than one minute into this podcast. But I will just add, cause you've, you've had a lot of lettuce a lot longer than I have. This whole long hair thing is, is still relatively new to me, right? You know, this is my, this is my quarantine cut. You know, when, when shit locked down last March, I just haven't gotten a haircut since. And now, you know, we got hair past the shoulders, you know, the the ponytail or whatever it is in the background is is like a normal thing. There's a lot of things about long hair that I'm finding to be extremely difficult. Is this something as a man that's had, you know, lusciously long locks for an extended period of his adult life? Is this, are these kind of things that you even notice anymore?
1: No. And I don't think I noticed them when I did it because I was too dumb to like pay attention to that stuff when I was 19 and growing my hair out. Right. Because I was – I went to a high school where I was forced to cut my hair, like basically buzz cut every year. So I hated that. So I would just cut it and then like let it grow out all year. So once I got to college, I was like new new city, new me. I'm growing this thing yes. out, man. Uh, and so I I I straight up – I don't think I cut my hair from like day one in the freshman dorms until probably the end of sophomore year. Oh wow! And then, yeah, it was like a full, like, it was probably like a very real 19 months of like no cuts, dude. That had uh, to have been
0: a main.
1: Dude, it was long. It was really long. And then I, and obviously I was living in the dorms for both of those years. So yeah, I did not notice that I was clogging the drain. Dude. <laughs> I did not notice <laughs> that there was hair fall everywhere, you know, like that was not on my radar. Yeah. Man. Uh, and then now I'm just used to it. Now you don't, now you just, now it's like it's second nature. I comb my hair. Pull the hair out, throw it away, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm. Just, it's it's the things of like you know like going to sleep and all of a sudden waking up and having hair in your nose and your mouth and like across your eyes. You're like, this is a weird sensation that I just I, I don't know if I'll ever get used to.
1: The one that I did notice that is now the the my uh, yardstick for how short I cut my hair now or how long I leave my hair. I guess mm-hmm. would be a better way to put it. Uh, if when I'm carrying my golf bag, my hair gets caught on my shoulder strap. That's when I know it's time to cut my hair. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. That's <laughs> that's, that's, that's how it I was like, God, I'm there. Like, what, that's the kidding. worst when you like when you like like pick up your bag and you're walking to the next tee and you're kind of like moving and not really thinking and you like go and put your strap on your shoulder and then you like look left and just pull out like four hairs you're just like oh my god that hurt for no reason That's dude. Just, why did it's i do just that? so unnecessary <laughs> I, don't, I don't, what did, did that happen to me oh the
0: one that i keep doing is like you know when i'm trying to play and i'm trying to swing if i have like hair that kind of comes you know usually i tuck everything back behind my ear so it kind of stays out of my line of sight but now there's just so much hair that it just keeps on like falling out into the front of my face and also i start getting hair you know kind of like blocking like one of my you know one of my eyes and i'm trying to swing. so on some constant you know as we were talking about before the podcast started, I had a a, a pace of play fiasco earlier today where one of the uh, the guys we played with was just so unbelievably slow and I am trying to do everything I can to play faster golf myself. Not that I'm slow, but you know, I'm always trying to play faster cuz you know, the faster the round, the more enjoyable, at least 100%. at least from my end. And you know, having to, you know, step off the ball, readjust, take my hat off, re-put my hair behind my ears, it's
1: just you know, it just feel like a I feel like a look. You know? No, you'll you'll be all right. And then honestly, dude, the, the hair in your eyes while you're swinging is only going to make you a better player. So don't worry, dude. It's just going to pay off in the long run. Sick, 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 <laughs> sick. Well,
0: now that we're talking golf, let, let's segue right into this, man. It has been far too long uh, since yeah, you and I got to long. sit down, talk shop. A lot has happened in the world of golf in the last month or so uh, since we last got a chance to talk. And um, I, I know there's been some big events that have happened since then. Obviously, uh, Justin Thomas won the Players' Championship, which was uh, great you know, the great powerful Matt Jones, you know, with my favorite, you know, as far as pace of play goes, Matt Jones is sensational. His, his win at the Honda Classic was, uh, entertaining, I guess you could say, even though I watched
1: maybe, maybe five minutes of it. I don't think I watched any of the Honda Classic. Okay, cool. Let's not pretend that we I watched. actually watched it then. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch shit about the Honda Classic. Um, and okay, I don't understand the quick like t- sidebar about the Honda Classic. I feel like a lot of people have been saying that like, oh man, the Honda Classic used to be such a great event. Like, what happened to the Honda Classic? It's really fallen off. It's the weakest field that they've ever had. Dude, I remember the Honda Classic being like the ass end of the Florida swing always, <laughs> dude. It had, like, it had like four good years when Rory decided to play it because he lived there, and, and then Tiger shot that 62, so everyone's like, bro, this place is sick, but that literally was like, I think it was the first time Tiger played in that event, because he was an adult, and skipped it, like the rest of the PGA Tour, all the other times, dude, because they would go, there used to be the WGC at Doral, then it used to be Arnold Palmer, then it used to be the Honda Classic, then it used to be the Players, it was like that same four, and the Honda Classic just got skipped all the time, and like I said, I don't know why it got on a hot streak for a couple years there and like the early 2010s, but, um, I'm fine with the Honda classic getting fucking skipped and being the ass end of the Florida sling, dude. Cause, uh, the other events are just better. All of them. I'm, they're they're just, all better. They're just better. They're just better, dude. So like, that's the one that they're going to skip. Fuck it. I don't want to watch PGA national. <laughs> and,
0: and no respect to the great Jack Nicklaus, you know, the, you know, I mean, 18 major championships. He's got a design and architecture portfolio that would make most, most architects, you know, seething with envy. Um, <laughs> don't give a shit about PGA national. It's one of the least interesting golf courses you get to watch on TV. I think, and I think I heard the no laying up guys in on one of their podcasts afterwards saying something to that same effect where they're, they they do not find the course interesting at all. I've been thinking that for a decade. I'm like, I just, there's not a single golf course. that just looks more like a super penalizing, you know, Florida resort golf course than this and uh, Florida resort golf. I don't know about you. Uh, no fucking interest.
1: never yeah never played it never played it so i have interest just to see it because i feel like it's good for the data points but uh yeah not clamoring at the bit to get out there dude. not uh not not actively planning my next trip yeah dude the honda classic is fine it's fine it's fine as it is and it shouldn't it doesn't like i mean you know if some of some events are going to go by the wayside not by the wayside but some events are going to get ignored and if the Honda Classic is that one for the Florida swing, that's fine. The Ignore desert is one. the one for the West Coast swing. And the I think the desert is a fun event. But if for some reason, it's just the one on the West Coast swing that gets skipped, you know?
0: Yep. Yep. Um, so I say, we're going to talk uh, extensively about uh, the match play this past weekend because you, like myself, are, are starved for anything other than 72-hole stroke play when it comes to these pros uh, playing week in and week out. Um, and we had a great time watching the match play but since it has been a month or so, did you have any thoughts
1: or anything um about Justin Thomas's win at the Players Championship? Impressive weekend. That was really cool to have him just beat bully the he essentially won a 4-day tournament in 2 days. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is crazy. All the yeah. other guys had 4 days to try to win and he won it in 2 days. That's pretty insane, right? And like I feel like that sums up the week really well cuz he wasn't on anyone's radar Friday afternoon, dude, and then literally went on a tear, like a, like a world-beating tear for 36 holes and won. So it was just crazy to see him do four days of work in two days. Uh, it was really impressive, and it was cool to see him kind of battle out because he's had a rough year, and I'm a JT guy. I do enjoy JT.
0: For I sure. like DJ
1: more, but I like JT. Do, uh, do you but, think – and sorry,
0: yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off there, brother. Not at all. Do, do you think – okay, so 2021, it is Sunday, March 28th. In our in our year twenty twenty one, of all the best players in the world, who's got the highest ceiling? Like if if everybody is playing at you know at eleven, right? If everybody is just just going full throttle and is playing to the absolute best of their abilities, of all the top guys in the world, do, do you have a read on who you think has the highest ceiling? Who's who's best is the best?
1: I truly think it's DJ. He's so, he's so, when he is good, it's so good. And he runs people over. And the I mean, at the end of the day, like we're, we're nitpicking if we're choosing everyone's best and they're the top 10 players in the world, you know? Right, totally. But so, as maybe it's a biased perspective, but when DJ is playing his best golf and winning a lot of golf tournaments and beating people's brains in, he makes it look really easy. JT doesn't make it look particularly easy. You know, he hits weird shots, he hits some squirrely ones. Rory definitely doesn't make it look easy. A lot of those guys, they really look like they are grinding to win, even if they're up five. It still looks like a grind. DJs just looks so easy every time, man. It's just like, yeah, I'm better than you, and I know it, and you know it, and it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before they give me the money, dude, and the trophies. (laughs) Like, It's just – we're just – at 2:42 p.m., dude, I'm gonna be richer than you. Like, you know, like it's just, it's just like that.
0: So it's funny. Like, uh, I know it was uh, part of our podcast. We all, we always try to identify something in like the news or the media or an article that we really enjoyed reading. And uh, I'm sure this is a couple years old. And you know, we're we're not at that point yet. But I just, you know, since we're talking Dustin Johnson, I think it was Kyle Porter who shared, you know, a link back. To this basically, you know, going over what happened when Dustin Johnson switched from a draw to a fade. Have you have you have you ever seen that or read about what how
1: how that happened? Of course, yeah. He shot, like, 63 in his first round out and was like, I think I'm going to keep hitting a fade. Yeah, it was, it was like
0: a, he went to the range, was hitting, like, a draw. They, like, made, like, one little swing change where he just tweaked something, you know, the top of his swing to, like, start hitting a fade. He hit, like, five balls that were, like, you know, perfect. You know, he wasn't, like, losing them like it was in the draw, and he's like, cool, and just went right out into that competitive round with, like, that That was it. The, hitting a fade for all of 15 minutes. And basically goes out and shoots 63. He says, like, yeah, I was like, what with I'll, I'll make sure I like fades. I to I to hit them I'm good. <laughs> I, God, I just fucking love them. I remember his first oh. win.
1: Dude, he won in upper in upper like upper New York State. I, I know there's a word for it, and that's not it. But he won in upstate New York. That's the word I was looking for. He won in upstate New York at like the Turning Zone Resort Classic in 2009. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it. I was a junior in high school. And uh, I just thought he was so swaggy. I was like, dude, this guy's move is sick. And I remember he stuffed one on 16 with, like, a 7-iron hit, like, this butter cut in there. And uh, that kind of rode the wind. And I was just like, man, this guy's going to be nice, I think. Dude, I was like, I think this guy's going to be super nice.
0: I'm pretty sure one of my college roommates, when we were watching him, like, we're in that 2009-2010 range, you know, were turned to me and Justin Johnson. He goes out and shoots, like, a 65. And, like, my roommate, who's also a stick and a passionate golfer, just looks at me. He's like, this dude fucks. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, demeanor, I think you might man. be right.
1: He had that demeanor from the very beginning, dude. He's the he's the best. I I fucking love him, man. I'm a huge DJ guy. Yeah, yeah, that's uh that's, that's phenomenal. Um, all right, so
0: touched a little bit on the players, touched a little bit on our you know our our favorite event of the Florida Swing, the Honda Classic. Let's let's yep. get down to brass tacks here, man. We are just a couple hours removed uh from Billy Horschel winning. The 2021 WGC Dell Match Play Championship at Austin Country Club. Um, I, as we were saying before the podcast, I actually didn't watch a whole lot today in terms of the semifinal and the final match. Um, And I don't necessarily feel that bad because I've had so much fun watching the last, you know, five days, especially Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we watched a whole bunch. Um, I'm going to kick it to you to just kind of share all of your initial thoughts on the match play, Um, you know. Anybody that's listening to us at all, Mr. Durr, is pretty familiar with the fact that we love match play. We love getting a break from 72-hole stroke play. And I just, yeah, give me all the thoughts, man. First,
1: yeah, just give it all to me. I'm sorry. I'm so excited. I'm I'm, I'm forgetting how to speak. I love match play. The only bummer about match play is that it gets worse every day, right? Like it's more, the viewing experience gets worse as the days go on, which is a bummer. Uh, but as far as digestibility, it's the best. All my buddies love watching the match play. I love watching the match play. I think the match play is such a sick event, so different, so fun. And I think the pool play dynamic, I think, is really digestible. Some people were like, no, like I'm a I'm a big advocate of chaos. I love chaos. I'm here for the chaos. Likewise. But I really like the pool play because it feels like the World Cup. It feels exactly like the World Cup. And I I'm, totally. I'm, love soccer. I love Champions League. I love all that stuff. Uh, but the World Cup is, like, one of the best events ever every year, and the pool is so easy to understand, and it's fun, because then, like, you, since, like, if if the World Cup was single elimination, it would be such a bummer, because you could be out in one week, you know? Like, you could play one game and be out. It's nice to know that you have three games, and it's nice to know that you're going to watch... Your Rory or whoever is your favorite guy play at least three matches, so a loss isn't the end of the world, right? You can still advance. You can still get through with a loss, you know, and it kind of gives... It gives it a little more volatility, and it's fun. And then my favorite thing about it, dude, I fucking love that if two people tie that didn't even play each other, they're just like, yo, you two, go to the first team. Yeah. I, love that. <laughs> I honestly love that. I think that's so sick. They're like, you played 18 holes or 15 holes or whatever and beat someone else, and all of a sudden they're like, by the way, you got to go play this guy now for a couple holes and just figure it out. It's like that's that's so – I find that so savage, you know, like that's such a savage move. That doesn't happen in the world cup In the world cup, it goes to gold differential or some other r- random statistic. The idea, imagine if like Brazil and Portugal or whatever were tied for their group. And they just like, all of a sudden just everyone went to like the Rio stadium in Brazil. And they were like, all right, like now they got to play dude. Like first goal wins. <laughs> that would be, so be so crazy, dude. And we get that. At, we get that at the match play, dude, we get that at the match play. So it's the best. It's so fun to watch. Uh, Billy Horschel played great. I mean, Rory played awful. Uh, Lee Westwood played solid, did Lee Westwood stuff. It's just, it's, it, it was a great event. Very fun to watch. It did feel a little bit flat for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like golf is just a little flat right now. I feel, I don't know. Just a little weird, but uh, it was weird. I mean, I feel like some of the top name guys don't care about the match play too. Low key.
0: Yeah, I think, um, well, I, I I have some thoughts on how to, how, how to, you know, potentially fixed here in a second, but I'll try not to get too distracted before we finish talking about this tournament specifically. Um, I I just love the head-to-head aspect of match play. I love the fact that, you know, unlike a 70, you know, stroke play, you know, every shot that you're hitting is not only, you know, you trying to do as good a job as you possibly can in that moment on that particular hole, but you're also weighing, what can I do to put pressure on my opponent right now to make their next shot more difficult? Right, yes. you know, they, you saw it a lot uh, in that match where uh, Jordan Spieth was playing Matt Kuchar, right? Where they both hit their drives on 18, they're all squared going in the last hole, they bomb their drives kind of through the fairway, both have little uphill chips. Jordan Speeth theoretically, has an advantageous, you know, is in a good spot because he's a little further away, so he gets to chip first and potentially try to put one really, really close to try to really put the pressure on Matt Kuchar. Uh, well, all of a sudden, Jordan Spieth, you know, flies at 15, 18 feet past the hole. And now all of a sudden, the momentum is just completely one right? And now Mac yes. like, "Oh my gosh! Now I have a little forty yard chip. All I got to do is put it inside twelve feet, and I'm in pole position." You know, it's like the, the kind of things that you just don't get to see in in stroke play that just make match play so much fun. And also, I feel like no matter where the match is on match play, you can jump in at any moment and you're dialed, right? It, like, yes. You're like in stroke play, I guess it would be the same thing because you just kind of look at the leaderboard, but. You know, if you like get in and you turn the match play on and two guys are in, you know, on the 16th hole and someone's one up, you're completely aware of all the stakes yeah. right there. You're immediately dialed in and you can just get lost, even though you haven't seen the first 15 holes. And I just I don't get that same connectivity with like the match and the players when I'm watching stroke play
1: as I do with match play. And that that's
0: a big part of the reason why I love it so much.
1: I like that take. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that, but I really do agree with you there where it's it's so that one-on-one thing is so easy like you said. You can just come in at any point and you're automat like the stakes are already there, you know. You don't have to be like, "Well, hold on, like even Augusta, of course that we know so well, it's like, "Oh, like Mark Leishman's in the lead at 17." It's like, oh, sick, and it's like, yeah, but, like, you know, Brooks has won back and still has to play 13-15. So, like, we know exactly what that means, but some guy who's watching the Masters for his first time has no oh. idea what that means, you know? He's like, well, I don't get it, you know? Like, well, so who cares, you know? Well, yeah. he's just winning, and he's almost done, so that's good. And, and it's and just so, it's like, so
0: much more instinctual, man. It's like, you know, every other sport is like a team versus team or, like, a one-on-one. I mean, that's, that's, that's the kind of sport that, as Americans, we're most familiar with. And to kind of see golf be able to utilize that sort of, like, mano-a-mano format... Uh, it's just, it's tantalizing, man. It's just really fun to watch. And it kind of, it gets some, you know, some, uh, competitive juices flowing, even as a spectator that a lot of times I just, I find myself not, not getting when I watch stroke play. Exactly.
1: And then Uh, I, another thing that I really love about the match play is that the winners are always, or the people, the winners, the people who make it through the groups and get to the single elimination part of the bracket are such dogs. It's all the people who really want to be there. It's yes. the Brian Harmon, the Billy Horschel, the Matt Kutcher, the Jordan Spieths, the Scotty Schefflers, all these guys who are just trying to. They currently have some kind of chip on their shoulder, right? Like Matt Kutcher's been playing bad for the last four months, needs something to prove, like wants to win the match play. Billy Horschel hasn't won in five years, you know? But like, Is, he's isn't he the one
0: that won it last time? He won the it last year. Yeah.
1: Kiz won it last year, right? Beat Kuchar in the final. Spieth, like, on a comeback but trying to prove still that he's the man. You know, all these guys who really had, like, a chip on their shoulder and something to prove, those are the guys that get through, which is cool because it shows how razor-thin the margins are between the best players in the world, right? A stroke play event doesn't really – show that as much, you know, you can see it a little bit if someone, if, but it's not as tangible as it is in match play, right? In match play, match play, it's like, man, ev- all of these guys are good. And it's just a matter of who wants it right now. You know, like who's going to make the putt right now, dude, because you need it now and that's it. And, and I feel like it's easy to almost give yourself a little break and be like, well, it's only match play, you know, like, like, cause that's what you spend all day doing when it's stroke play. You know, if you make a bogey, you're like, well, it's only one bogey. Like I have 71 holes left, you know, like I'll be okay. And if you slip into that in match play, especially against the best players in the world, you're going to lose. Even if you catch like Antoine Rosner, like Bryson did on day one, right? It's just like, <laughs> you know, if you let the, if you let off the gas pedal for one second, that guy's good enough to beat you. You know, if you're not careful, that guy that guy will beat you. So I don't know. I think I agree with you. I think just think it's awesome, and I think we need more of it. And uh, and I fucking loved watching it this week. Yeah. Uh, what would you think? Highlight of the
0: weekend? Sergio Garcia fourth playoff hole, sudden death playoff hole against Lee Westwood. Just Hooping one from like what was it 160? Landed That's so sick. Up. It was so. I mean, come on. Like I, I was watching that live, and my mother in law has been in town for the past week, staying in, uh, staying with me and my wife. And like her and you know Bree were just doing their thing, getting ready for the baby and all that kind of stuff like that. And I'm just sitting on the just riveted. Like I'm just locked into the match play on the TV. And all of a sudden, like Surge, you know, he makes it. I turned to her, I was like, "Did you did fucking you? see that? Did you see that?" And they're like, "What?" I was like, "That whole one right there. Did you see it?" And uh, like, oh yeah, the holes awesome ones are good, right? I was like, look, this is sudden death, all right. I don't think you guys understand the gravity of what just happened. I need you guys to acknowledge how awesome that was, so I can go about my day, please. It's
1: the craziest thing, and like, they, they kept showing the Jonathan Bird highlights in Vegas too. They're like, this is the last time that happened, and it's like, dude, that never. Those are you mean? It's not the last time that happened. Those are the two times it's happened. Yeah, <laughs> you can't, you can't really, <laughs> like, this is never going like this doesn't happen, you know.
0: God, it was so sick. Especially, like, come on, like, on a sudden death playoff hole. Like, the fourth sudden death hole between two of the game's best players. Like, really, I mean, honestly, two Ryder Cup legends. Two guys that are, you know, some of the best international players in the world. And it just had an awesome match. And to have it end like that was so cool, man. It,
1: it was it's just such a really cool moment. It was fucking It was awesome, man. Good for Sergio, too. Bummer he immediately turned around and lost. But, hey, you know... uh, but that's, I mean, also, but that's also
0: another great thing about match play is that, you know, in, in stroke play, it doesn't matter, you know, un, unless somebody goes out and shoots a 61 or shoots like a legendary, you know, he starts flirting with sub 60s. In a typical 72 old stroke play tournament, there's really not much stuff that ever gets remembered before Sunday. I mean, when you really think about it, m- most memories you have of stuff like it, it's, it all comes down to the back nine on Sunday. That's what people remember. That's what you pay attention to. Whereas match play... There's memorable moments throughout because they're all individual matches each and every day. And that's another thing. I think the first, you know, everything, like like you said, with match play, a lot of times the worst golf is at the end where I I love the fact that match play is like foot on the gas pedal, go. And you're just just riding shotgun from the get go. Like, I I love that about match play.
1: And I think that Austin Country Club course is great for it, too, because like that par 512 that everyone wants to go for, that the wind's just ripping left. And it's like if you just hit one bad one, it's in the water. That's a great hole. The par four that's drivable is sick. Like, yeah, like you said, there's just moments throughout the whole round that really lead and yield fun memories that are not totally reliant on who won the golf tournament, which is the only thing that memories are reliant on in a 72 hole event. It's like who won and what was the shot that separated them? Where it's like this, it's like Sergio's hole in one, or Antoine Rosner's huge flop shot over Bryson, or uh, Matt Kuchar hit a great one against Spieth too. Like Matt Kuchar, like you know, there's just a bunch of shots that you remember being like, dude, that was fucking crazy. He his back against the wall and pulled that out of his ass, you know. And, and it's funny because
0: for not being that long of a golf course, um, it seemed like Austin Country Club was able to provide all, all the guys out there with a pretty good test. I I. I didn't see quite as many birdies as I thought I would see out there. A lot of guys making
1: pars to have. I mean shoot, you saw a lot of pars went out there this you know, this weekend. It's uh Especially it's, the final. This final there was only I think there was only like four birdies in the final between the two guys. It was a little, slow. A little sloppy, huh? Sloppy well, dude. That's one thing I will say is that I do
0: feel bad that as the as the tournament, you know, gets to its climax, that I think asking the guys to play thirty six holes a day does have a small effect on the quality of the product, especially in the championship match when guys are on the back end of playing 36 holes you know competitively each of the last two days of the tournament i think i mean I, I know with the schedule you can't be having this thing stretch out over the basically the course of two weeks you know in in the current formats, but really, if you were able to just limit guys to eighteen holes a day so they could spend all their energy just on that one match, I think you'd actually end up getting a better golf tournament i
1: I, I just don't know exactly how you'd pull that one off they should do it uh they should do groups of 6 instead of 4 and then you uh if you lose you're automatically out so if you tie mm. you stay alive And then if you lose, you're automatically out. So then it's like winners move on. And then, and then that's how you see. And then it just kind of like, I don't know logistically if that works. That's my, like, that's my (laughs) half-baked idea. That's my half-baked idea. That sounds sick in the moment, you know? It's like, this is the one.
0: So I have, I have been on, I have talked about this before. It has been probably at least a hundred podcasts. I went off on this tangent last, but, uh, it's something that I feel very passionately about. And I I do want to run it by you. So if we're talking about match play, um, Do you want to know how the PGA Championship can step out of the shadows and become on par, if not even better, than the other major championships?
1: Go back to their roots, baby, and play a match play championship, dude, because they used to be match play. If that's
0: the thing, is like one of the majors needs to be match play. I I did. uh, Who's the make the
1: players match play? Fuck it. That would be sick. I mean, really in in all honesty, man. That would be the that would be the way the players would become the fifth major. That's exactly how the play if the players wants to become the fifth major, they need to go fucking match play at the stadium course. Dude, that would be sick. TPC Sawgrass match play would be wild. Bryson would try to drive four. It'd be crazy, dude. It'd be crazy. It'd be so awesome.
0: Now, get this. Here I, I came up with this little twist, and and the reason I was thinking this is I have a feeling that you are going to say the same thing that I am, but there's so many great options that there's really no wrong answer here. If I had to ask you, maybe your single favorite day of golf as a fan, what t- day of what tournament stands out to you as being like truly like, there's just nothing like, I'll, I'll remember that for the
1: rest of my life? Sunday at the Masters.
0: So, is there a specific Masters in general?
1: Because I, uh... I, I'm talking
0: one specific year, one day at an event that was oh, the,
1: like the, the most sticks out in my mind. Yes. Uh, 2000 tiger us open. Okay. Sunday. I watched that with my grandpa and okay. that one sticks out so heavy in my head, dude. I remember watching that one so vividly.
0: Okay. So here for me, it's Monday of 2008 tiger
1: Rocco. Oh my God. That was, a, I was, I was at that. I was at Tory Pines that day. God. I skipped my first I skipped my first day of summer school. Sick. I told my mom and dad I was like, I'm not going to summer school. They had shuttles. They used to they, they had shuttles from Qualcomm Stadium, R.I.P. to Tory Pines. And the way how about this, dude? The way you got into that Monday was if you'd bought a ticket to any of the previous six days of the event, your ticket was valid for the Monday playoff. No shit. So I went on uh, Wednesday and Saturday I saw Tiger's eagle on 13 and his eagle on 18 on Saturday. I saw them both, dude, which was wild as a 14-year-old kid. And then I remember watching Sunday at my uncle's house, and then Tiger made the play, and I just went downstairs. And I was like, Mom, there's no way I'm going to summer school tomorrow. <laughs> like, there's no way. You're driving me to Qualcomm in the morning, and I'm <laughs> taking the shuttle to Torrey Pines." dude.
0: Oh, it's perfect. It, it was so good, it's like I kind of – you know, I, I know it was stroke play, but like just head-to-head stroke play – for whatever reason, like, it still gave you kind of that, like, match play itch because it's just mono a mono. And, again, I know this is totally, I don't want to say totally unrealistic because I think there's a way to make it work where you could really blow it out. But what if the PGA Championship is almost like the U.S. Amateur with a twist, right? You have two days of stroke play, right? You get 120 people show up, two, th- 36 holes of stroke play, top 64 players, then qualify for the match play bracket. You bracket it down until you get to the semifinals, until the final four, right? So you play, you know, what's the equivalent, of like the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight on Saturday, or, you know, the Elite Eight on Saturday, right? And then Sunday, instead of going semifinals, finals, in one group, you just have the four, like the winners basically of the four, like, divisions, it would be the final four, go for a mondo one single group of 18-hole stroke play to, to, to ground the winners. So you go stroke play, 36 match play bracket to get you down to a final four and then back to an 18 hole stroke play for the championships tonight where everybody in the whole place gets to follow just this one group around just like tiger and Rocco in 2008 again logistically i know this is far-fetched do you think this has legs
1: I think that might be the best idea you've ever had in your entire life. I I don't have very many good ones. That's so exciting. I think that's such a good idea, honestly. That'd be so fun to watch. That's everything. That's chaos. That's match play. That's fun. It's all the chaos
0: that you and I want.
1: Everything. It's the perfect amount of chaos. I I honestly love that idea.
0: PJ of America, tune in. Take notes. You can hire us as consultants. We are happy to come on board
1: and help make this championship possible. I will consult for free. I will <laughs> happily consult for free, dude. You don't even need to pay me. I will come over there and tell you how stupid you are, and tell you that Kyle's idea is the way to do it, and uh, just maybe like one, maybe two tickets every I, year. I'm, ever. I'm, I, you know
0: and, uh, well, Our our expertise is uh, is very valuable. I, I'm going to insist that they that they compensate you justly. Your, your boy over here is uh is, you know is, is about to bring uh, a. I'm not having a mouth to feed. So if you, if you want to compensate me, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not going to. Uh, Here, you, know, you know what? I'm going to pull. Yeah, you know what? Compensate Kyle. Compensate Kyle. Don't yeah. listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking
1: about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Oh, all right, let's see. man. So uh, anything else regarding the match play or anything else like that you wanted to uh, touch on before we do and do a little bit of news and then talk about our, uh, our trip to Southern
1: California? Is Spieth back?
0: It's funny because the last time we talked, we had the same exact discussion and I was adamant that he was back. So he's
1: still super back.
0: I obviously have cooled a little bit because it hasn't been quite as good the last couple of weeks. But I, I do truly believe that Jordan Speeth not back in the sense of he's not 2015 Jordan Spieth. He's not even really 20, you know, 16, 17 Jordan Spieth, where he's because obviously he hasn't won. But am I back on track with Jordan Speeth Is probably one of the 50 best players in the world that has a chance to win at any given weekend. Yes, absolutely. Which is a hell of a lot more
1: than we could say from all that not that long ago, right? He's exactly. He's plus twelve hundred currently to win the the Masters. How much would you be comfortable putting on him right now? At twelve to one. Twelve to one. Not a lot. Hundred bucks. Uh, I mean, it's funny because like
0: Augusta is the only place that I would have the amount of confidence in him to
1: actually place a wager with him with those. Shitty odds. Would you put a hundred bucks on twelve to one odds for him to win the Masters in three weeks or two weeks, whatever that is? Probably not. Ooh, I think I would, dude. I think I would, and I'm not so much on this speed is back train, but I think that I think that I fucking like plus twelve hundred. I like plus twelve hundred for a hundred bucks, dude. I really like that. It's it's funny, especially like, this week. He was a dog, dude. He wanted it so bad. If he brings that attitude, he wanted to win so bad. If he brings that attitude to the Masters, dude, I think it might be dangerous. I, here's
0: the thing. I like Jordan Spieth to win the Masters. I really do. I think it's just at plus twelve hundred. It's just not quite enticing enough for me. Like if if you gave me, you know, like plus two thousand at twenty to one. I'm definitely throwing some shekels down like i i'll 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 put a Benjamin down in twenty to one which is because, like that's not that different, but not whatever but whatever's like i don't know but twelve to one twenty twenty to one just seems like that's i don't for him not having one in three what four years I four feel, years
1: twenty seventeen British yeah, Open. like
0: for him not having one in four years, I feel like twelve to one is
1: aggro that that is aggro. that is an aggressive line it's a mondo bet baby. it's a that's mondo bet. Saying. That's Sergio Garcia taking the cut on thirteen at Augusta, dude hitting it over the trees and cutting it back into the fairway, which makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, uh, it's wild. All right, wild. Oh, All right, fair. I think he's back. I think he's back. I think he. I a I think year. he's back too. Let's go. He showed go. me a lot this week, man. I was I liked what I saw from him this week. He was gritty. He was good. He was nails. A Couple loose swings, which is just what you're gonna get with the guy. But uh, I was I was yeah I was I was liking what I was seeing.
0: All right. Uh, okay, let's let's hit a couple news items here before we start talking a little uh, a little Ventura County golf. Uh, what, what do you say so about excited. that? I'm right. so in.
1: I'm so excited to talk Ventura County golf. I'm so excited to talk news. All right, let's Great see. it for it all.
0: Uh, first news item: It was unfortunately broken today that uh, this year's U.S. Women's Open, which is going to be contested at the Olympic Club in San Francisco, uh, is not going to have spectators. No fans at this year's U.S. Women's Open at Olympic Club, uh, Mr. Durr. I guess we all kind of saw you know, it coming based be on— a
1: mo- Be a more San Francisco thing to do. I love yeah. San Francisco. I lived in San Francisco for eight years. This is San Francisco. Just not allow fans. It's like, come on, guys. Get out of your own way for like two <laughs> seconds, please. Do me a solid. I love you as a city. Please get out of your own way. It, Let them come hang out. It is a bummer, too, because it would be.
0: it's going to be so much fun to watch the best women in the world take on the late course at Olympic Club because we They're going to
1: get fucking— Destroyed. Dude, I feel like they're going to get absolutely <laughs> hammered. Dude, they're going to get absolutely crushed. I, I know the golf
0: course doesn't play super long when the men play. Do you know what the rough yardage
1: is when the guys are playing in the U.S. Open? There is like 71. I think it's- I think – I was about to say I think it's less than 7,000, but I think it might be right around 7,000. And, I mean, for the girls, it's going to be 66, 67, and it's – I mean, that, like, the that's, reverse amber that's fairways still, and stuff that's for them is bath. so hard. It's going to be so hard. I can't wait because I love carnage at U.S. Opens. I'm down to watch the women get, get ejected by the Lake Horse. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, uh, have you played the Lake Horse? Never. I've never played the lake course. I've played the ocean course a bunch. Never played the lake course. That's just so crazy, man.
0: You lived in the city for eight years. I've lived in the Bay Area most of my life. Lived in the San Francisco myself for a few years. And uh, I've never played the lake course. I've walked it, obviously, during, you know, several, U- you, know, uh, you know, both the U.S. Opens that have been played there in my lifetime. That shit looks difficult.
1: Looks so hard. It looks, <laughs> it so, looks hard. so hard. It looks oh. so awesome. hard. Dude, the ocean course is hard. Have you played the ocean course? I have not ocean course is hard as shit, man. Like, are you kidding me? It's, like, it's not easy. It's not, hey, I should say, it's not super hard, but I mean, you know, it's not easy. It's and not it's easy. easy. Yeah, exactly. It's like Torrey North and Torrey South, right? Like, Torrey North is not easy either, you know? Everyone's like, Torrey South hosts US Opens, and yeah, it deserves to, but uh, Torrey North is no cakewalk either, dude, and those guys still shoot 61 out there because they're freaks. Yes, yes. Those guys are so fucking good.
0: All right, uh, let's hear Next uh, item of news. Uh I don't know about you, Mr. Dur. For whatever reason, I find just following like media stories to be fascinating. I I, I love it's it's one of those little inside baseball things that I really really enjoy following. So I've kind of been tracking this whole thing about Jim Nance's uh, contract with CBS, uh, you know, basically being you know expiring here pretty soon. Potentially, you know, I, there there was rumors that ESPN was going to try to lure him over, start calling Monday Night Football, and then obviously you know have him to cover there their master's coverage, but alas, that is no longer going to be a thing. He has apparently re-upped with the fine folks at CBS. So Jim Nance will continue uh, to be the main voice that we get to hear chronicling the events of Sunday at Augusta, as well as uh, joining Tony Romo on Sundays. Uh, thoughts on Jim Nance staying with CBS, if you have any.
1: Smart move. Why not? Pay the man. Be loyal. Pay the man. Do I mean, why not? Like I, I like everything. Like, you know. Listen, dude, NBA players already changed teams enough. Dude, I don't need broadcasters changing stations, dude. Let's just keep Jim Nance where he's at. I like him and Tony. I like him at the Masters. I like what he does. He's a little – He's. I feel like he's a little too fake for me. But, hey, you know what, dude? He's great at what he does, and I, and I wouldn't want him doing anything else other than what he's doing right now. Besides, oh, I actually really like him and Tony together.
0: Oh, for sure. So quick little hypothetical for you. In a world where Jim Nance did leave CBS, right? And he goes to ESPN, and CBS continues to hold the rights to broadcast. Mike Tirico, baby. Do you think CBS hires, can, can they can hire Tirico away from NBC? Because, I mean, really, if you're not going to do Nance, Mike Tirico, in my opinion, is the best in the business. Like, is
1: the guy. Mike Tirico's okay. the best, and he just flies under the radar. But Mike Tirico's the boy, dude. That guy's the best. He can do anything he wants whenever. So if they let go of Jim Nance, I'd be so mad if Mike Tirico didn't hop on that, dude.
0: I, I think it's going to be tough because I think whenever that day comes that Al Michaels retires, which I've heard that he's kind of reluctant to, that he still wants to keep going, but NBC's kind of like, yo, we got Mike fucking Tarico here to do Sunday Night Football. I mean, you, you, can, you can kind of go, Al, you know, kind of type thing. Um, Mike Tarico, so good. Jim Nance, so also good. fantastic. And honestly, it's at the point now where there's never been another voice of the Masters in my lifetime. Yep. And it, it's it's going to be very strange whenever that day comes when he is not uh, the one calling the action at Augusta on Sunday. So, very happy to see Jim Nance back with CBS. That's good for everybody. Um, Shout out Jim
1: Nance, baby. Thank you. Uh,
0: let's see here. Uh, international golf. Uh, little news tidbit here. Uh, after the raging success that was the Open Championship at Royal Portrush in Northern Ireland uh, a couple of years ago, where Shane Lowry uh emerged victorious. Uh, Royal Portrush. Port
1: drunk in the streets. No, We're actually,
0: that's a lie. He played good. <laughs> Uh Royal Port Rush after what was it, like a 40-50-year hiatus from the Open Championship Rota? Uh now very much back in the mix to host the championship again in just 2025. Wow, that's super soon. They didn't have
1: 2025 already on the books. Uh, that
0: that's what kind of I found to be a little shocking. So I, yeah, I see that Royal Portrush is in in pole position to uh reel in another open championship in short order. Personally, Dude,
1: I, isn't the PGA supposed to go to Olympic in, like, 2035? How do these guys not even have, like, 2025 planned out? That's the sick. Americans. It's so European. It's I know. so European.
0: I, I like the fact that they're like,
1: yeah, we we got a couple years. We're fine. Like, we don't, don't worry guys, about it. We got horses that'll host it. Don't worry. I,
0: I wonder if they just want to try to, like, not do too much because if and when the time comes where Donnie dipshit, like, finally sells Turnberry, they could be like, oh, thank God we can finally go back. All right, let's go there as soon as possible. <laughs> you yeah, know? I don't
1: know. I When was the last time Turnberry hosted? Was that uh, Tom Watson and Stuart Sink? Was that Turnberry? No, that was...
0: Uh... I want to say it's hosted one since then, but I mean, obviously it certainly hasn't, uh, hasn't hosted one since Don, uh, since Don bought the place. I'm going to do a little quick Google search here. The Turnberry links. Ah, uh, yes, I sure. Um, yeah, what is the the last time the Alyssa course hosted? Ah, oh, no. It appears. 2009 wow. was the last one. Stu Sink. Stu Sink. That remember was Where Tommy Watson there. Went, Oh, man. That, that was that, a hard that was, an, that was another tournament that I will remember so clear. Because, I mean, was anybody in the. like Stuart Sink, by all accounts, great guy. Was anybody in their right mind rooting for Stuart Sink?
1: Nobody on it. Earth. nobody on earth was rooting for Stewart city dude everyone wanted to see tom watson win the bro and he hit that flush eight iron on 18 that went over dude and he didn't think it was gonna be over mm. oh my god then yeah that's right tom watson and jack nicholas had the duel in the sun there dude mm-hmm. fuck yeah dude we gotta get back to turnberry trump get out of there dude <laughs> don
0: yeah just you know you could go 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 buy another course that that, that, you know that's fine we we just 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 give us turnberry back that's all i want what a name to turnberry that's just a cool name i know really really solid so uh but yeah port rush back for 2025 uh i i thought it was a great open venue so i I would be excited to see it go back to port rush you you as well yeah me too give rory another chance to be the second to win it in his home country sweet um (laughs) let's see here another news item um, golf's first, uh, non-fungible token, uh, auction took place, uh, in the last couple of weeks for Bryson DeChambeau. Continuing Let's, to push the game forward. P- continue to push the game forward. Any thoughts on Bryson, uh, selling some non-fungible golf tokens, uh, to
1: a less than, uh, less than stellar reception? No, I don't know. I don't know shit about, I don't know much about that, but, uh. This NFT yeah. thing is fucking weird, I, man. I, I just, I, just I, I don't get it. I just think it's funny that it went for nothing and I mean, good for Bryson. Bryson again pushing the envelope forward, being the first one to do really weird things in the golf world. Hooray, Bryson. Uh, but uh that's ridiculous, dude. I love my favorite thing about it was that it sold for so cheap. I thought that was hilarious.
0: <laughs> Not like, a lot yeah, of demand for Bryson uh, non fungible tokens. I hope I, I don't agent, think I'm saying his that.
1: His right. agent said his agent said that it's because golf is a niche sport and it's yeah. like, no, it's because your guy's unlikable as shit. You know, they're yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of niche sports. Dude, you mean to tell me that if like Serena, an NFT of Serena – like, Dude, Serena's husband, the guy from Reddit, bought all of her NFTs, just bought them all. Just was like, I'm going to buy all the NFTs for Serena because there's – Because like – Do you mean to tell me tennis is not a niche sport? Dude, I'd still rather have a Serena thing than a Bryson thing. Bryson hasn't done anything cool enough yet.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Alex Soanian, power moves.
1: <laughs> yeah, Alex Soanian, dude, power moves. We got all got all the Serena NFTs, dude. Yeah, dude, good for him. Um, all right, let's
0: uh, for news. Let's finish with a couple uh, a couple of course design notes here that I, I know you're going to find interesting. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I actually made my way down to Monterey. Unfortunately, did not get to play a lot of golf. Um, I was down there visiting some some family friends and uh, picking up some things for for the bay that's coming up here pretty soon. And uh, I got a chance to go walk around and check out the new Peter Hay Golf Course designed by Tiger Woods uh, Tiger Woods Design. Um, I got to tell you, man, it looks really fun. It, who's peter hay oh god that's such a good i believe peter hay oh man i, I was about to actually just say something really dumb uh I, I know that he worked down there for a while i think he was at oh geez all right let me say the on the backstory of the course and costs and when it opens oh i thought that was gonna have some information on um
1: uh, yeah hay i himself. don't know i don't know anything about peter hay but i the tiger course looks sick i i don't think anyone's gonna call it peter hay I think everyone's gonna call it the Tiger Course. Well, that's exactly what it is, the Tiger Course.
0: The new uh the new logo that's come out for it, which uh is a seal holding a flagstick in his mouth. Apparently the golf course is gonna be referred to as the hay.
1: I mean, you could have guessed that. No one wants to call it the fucking Pete, dude. I wonder why. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, say, oh.
1: oh it's the tiger course dude it's the tiger course at pebble man that's what it is and it, it, and you, i'll be damned if anyone calls it the fucking hay around me dude <laughs> i can't wait to play it i think it's so cool i love short courses i love the preserve i love par three courses uh i think they're so fun i love the cliffs at olympic club i've played that one so fun like uh I, don't, I think they're sick, and I think that Monterey desperately needs one because now moms and kids can have something to do while their dad spends a grand playing for, pebble.
0: Well, for sure, and that's the good news is that, uh, you know, unlike the Cliffs course at uh, Olympic Club, the Hay will be open to all, right? Yes. Public golf course, anybody that wants to go play it. Um, the golf course obviously looked great. The, the piece of land, I, I played the old Peter Hay golf course several times, really, really enjoyed it. It's just cool to just be playing on 17-mile drive no matter where. Um, and really, just be doing it at Pebble where you used to be able to go play the Peter A Golf Course for like thirty-five bucks or something like that. Which, you know, for a par three nine-hole course, sure, you know, compared Perfect. to everywhere else, it might be steep. But like on Pebble Beach, great. Uh, looks like new green fee for the new par three course is going to be uh, sixty-five. That's 65, fine. Sixty-five bones to play golf at Pebble Beach. You just don't have to tell people it was at the Hay and not you know at not, not, not the
1: eighteen-hole course. And you're going to be doing great. Don't I mean? Isn't the Preserve a hundred bucks? It's a hundred bucks to play the Preserve. <sighs>
0: 13 holes though you get four extra golf
1: holes dude are those four extra golf holes worth 35 dollars? well here's yes. one thing i
0: will say is that um at the preserve at banner you have a couple holes at the preserve that are meaty like big boy like 165 yards a lot of times in the wind or you're hitting like big full golf shots granted you're not hitting woods but like big like big boy par threes
1: I can think of, I think of that one, I think it's like five or four, the one down at the bottom, the lowest one at the preserve. The it's lowest one and then hole. the one
0: right after that where you're coming back like uphill. Back hill. Up the hill. Yeah, those those are, those, those are fun, but those holes. are meaty holes. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> not safe for work, sorry people. Um, one thing I will say about the hay is most everything there is right around 80 to 100 yards. It's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, wed- it's basically all wedges. The longest one on the golf course. Putt. Yeah, it's a, it's a pitch and putt. The second hole is their quote-unquote replica of um, number seven at Pebble. You know, they try to get the elevation change about the same. The bunker complex, the green, is a replica of number seven at Pebble Beach. It's got a really great little downhill, beautiful panoramic view of, um, of the ocean out there. And so that's really awesome. But outside of that, they're pretty much all 80 to 100 yards, little pitch. But that being said, it still looks money, awesome. And when it finally opens next month... I believe it's supposed to be open by the end of April, early May. Uh, it's going to make a lot of golfers very happy, Mr. Durr.
1: Oh, I'll go out there and check it out. I'm so down to go. Out, like, it's worth it's worth a trip because then you can play poppy and play the hay, and that would be a great day.
0: That would be a sick day.
1: We could, let, <laughs> we could go to the bay.
0: What do you say, dude? Oh, It's perfect. Um, all right, one last uh, course note before we talk, jump into Ventura here real quick. And uh, this will actually be a nice little transition to our Ventura trip as well. Um, this is news that broke about a month ago, but we haven't had a chance to discuss it yet. Um, Gil Hans is going to be a busy man who's going to be spending a lot of time in the Bay area, uh, after the U S women's open this year. And before, uh, the men go back to play, I believe the PGA championship at Olympic club a few years from now, uh, Gil Hans doing a whole new master plan at Olympic club. Uh, and then as if that was not enough, he has also been hired to redo the master plan and redo the entire golf course, uh, at Olympic club's neighbor, Lake Merced, um, you know, have, have, both of us have played a couple Gilhounds golf courses in the last couple of weeks, to which we're going to be talking uh, about in much greater depth here shortly. Um, but you know, as a longtime San Francisco resident, how, how do you feel about Gill coming in and giving uh, two of the the city's top golf courses a, a big old facelift?
1: I love that Gill is putting his fingerprint on California because as a California golfer, I've made. I spent a lot of effort trying to study like the Billy Bell courses or the uh William Watson courses or whatever that were all around California and there're not many that are still around frankly or that are worth playing also frankly. Uh so I felt like Thank you for California, being frank by the way. Yeah, California was desperately lacking in cool and interesting golf courses. I mean, Southern California specifically. Northern California has all kinds of great golf. But Southern California was definitely lacking in stuff. So it's cool to see Gill kind of like taking the flag and realizing that and being like, hey, I can kind of make an imprint on this state. And California can be the Gill state. And I'm so down for the Gill state, dude, because I love Rustic and I love Soul Park. The two Gill hands courses I've played, I absolutely love. And then uh, Kyle Phillips was a protege of Gil hands as well. And I love him kyle phillips's work at cal club so i am excited to see gill coming in and doing something to olympic club i think it's going to be good i think it's impossible for it to be bad and i can't wait to see what he does with with that piece of land
0: yeah and little side of like i it's funny kyle phillips uh, a northern california guy you know i think he's based out of sacramento granite bay or something like that what's funny is that i i think gill hands and kyle phillips are both two of the very best in the game right now, and they—they're you know their style is obviously somewhat similar. It's more you know, minimalist kind of stuff like that. It's funny because Hands, you know, obviously worked under Doke for a while, and it's crazy that Kyle Phillips turned out to be as good as he is when I believe early in his career, I think he worked for Robert Trent Jones Jr. Oh, really? Yeah, isn't that wild that a guy coming up? Yeah, a guy coming well, out like- of the RTJ school comes out and is just
1: like. Look at That's this like Doke in the Die School, man. It's like right? Doke came out of Pete Die, which is like, what the fuck? Like, you couldn't be more different, you two. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, which is pretty great. Um, yeah, man, I, so- thought, I thought Kyle Phillips worked for Gil Hands. Did he not? He worked for Robert Jones Do so I, I have my timeline? If, if he if he did, I, I I it's possible.
0: I I mean I I don't know. I do know that he definitely worked for RTJ too. I've been wrong uh, for a before, while, guys. So if this is me being wrong again, I apologize. That's, no, <laughs> uh, I will say this: as excited as I am as about the skill hands at Olympic thing, um, the, what I've seen for their preliminary plans for what they're going to do at Lake Perced looks really awesome, man. Apparently, they're going to bring back like 14 or 15 of the holes that Mackenzie did, like when he redid the golf course back in the 20s. That shit is going to be sick.
1: I can't wait to play the new Merced, man. I cannot wait to play the new Merced. It's oh, going to be
0: so fun. My boy, uh, my boy, TK, who uh, comes on a lot of our trips with us, who, uh, who you got a chance to meet when we're I down at Canyon. TK. You know, he's like always texting me. He's like, dude, so I'm, uh, I was reading about this Gil Hands, like kind of stuff like that, dude. Like, what are you thinking, man? Like I, I think we should, I think I should pull the trigger and, and just join Merced now, dude. I was like, I think oh. you should
1: TK if you're listening, man, you should definitely pull the trigger and join Merced now. The Presidio is sick. The Presidio Golf and Concordion Club is incredible. I love the golf course, I love the club, everything is fantastic. TK, dude, go to Merced, dude. Come on, man. I think that's the move for you, TK. I know you're listening.
0: I, I did ask him. I was like, well, if you can get into Lake Merced and you have the means to do it, I love it. I just want to ask you something real quick. Are you down to pay initiation and pay dues for a full year before you get to play any golf? If so, please continue. (laughs) Then you can go. I think think you got to, right? You (laughs) You have to. to. And then, second, if uh, if you do want to do that, even though you're under 30 years old, still, I'm gonna need to see a balance of about 50k in your checking account that you're willing to just write a check to uh, to Lake Merced for as well. As long as you can God, that sucks. And I think it's only gonna get more expensive given everything that's going on right now.
1: For Sure, it's about to be premier, dude. It's about to, it's trying to beat Cal Club, is what it's trying to do.
0: I mean, honestly, the
1: fact that like all
0: the private clubs in San Francisco are now in an arms race to just out awesome each other, I, I feel like there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of winners in the Bay Area, and, and they're all golfers. I'm so, uh, yeah, I mean, golfers yeah. that at least are, are, are lucky enough to have access to them, I should say.
1: Which, you know, the, the access issue is an issue nonetheless, but
0: the access issue right. could be the issue. Yeah. Um, it is- all right. That being said, while we're talking about hands Golf courses, let's just quit pussyfooting around, you know, pardon my, pardon my language, but it's, t- it's time to start talking shop about Ventura County, man. Um, so for any of you uh, people out there, I, uh, I put together a small little get together for a lot of the boys, Mr. Dirt included uh, a few weeks back. Uh, I guess I would have been what mid, mid March, March 14th, 15th, it was a Sunday, Monday. Mid March, Sunday, Monday. Mid-March. Yeah, we, we got a whole crew of guys from all over, uh, all over California, a and a of, lady. And a lady. Yeah, Sorry. A shout out, Miss Dappinus or Missus tappanus Excuse me. Um, and we basically did, you know, two full days of golf. We did twenty-seven holes at Soul Park, which is a Gil Hands design in Ojai, California. And then everybody, you know, got together, socially distanced, but had a good time on uh, on Sunday night. Monday morning, we all hit hit the road. Cruised on down to Park and all played Rustic Canyon on Monday. Two courses that I have been really excited to play for a long time. I had never played either one of them beforehand. Um, you had played Rusta Canyon before. Uh, you had not played Soul Park, which you were not able to join us on Sunday yet, but you did just play Soul Park recently. So you have played both in the very recent, uh, recent past as we have. So I think you are more than qualified uh, to talk about all this. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I... Was so excited to play both these golf courses. Uh, Garrett, uh, Garrett Morrison from the Friday wrote an article for Pacific Coast Golf Guide last year kind of identifying the best places on the West Coast to go for like a golf weekend uh, for really interesting, you know, architecturally significant golf that's not just open to the public, but is also affordable. And he identified Ventura County as literally the best place in the entire West Coast to go for great affordable public golf. And basically told me, you know, personally and in the article, like, you need to go check out Soul Park, you need to go look at Rustic Canyon. So it it had been very built up for me. I had uber high expectations, and I'm pleased to say that they both exceeded my ultra high expectations. Um, My man, as somebody that had never played Soul Park before and just got to do so not that long ago, what were your thoughts about Soul Park going in, and, and what did you think about your experience?
1: soul park was incredible i played it competitively so i played it for an scga mid qualifier ah. which was very fun so i played a practice around the day before so i got 36 holes under my belt at soul park good the green complexes are awesome awesome i love it the third hole sticks out to me i thought the third hole might be the best hole on the property the par 3 up the hill really good uh uh, one of the guys I was playing with said that the third hole at Soul Park is everything that the 15th hole at Rustic Canyon wishes it was. And I thought that was a perfect way to describe it. Dude. I thought it was such a good way to describe <laughs> oh, it. Oh, it's so good. The 15th hole is the only kind of weak one at Rustic, honestly, man. It's just kind of a little throwaway hole. But uh, that's Okay uh soul park i was blown away with i was really impressed i enjoyed it it was a little scruffy which i love i love a little rough around the edges the greens are really good not as big of run-up areas way smaller greens but had definitely had way more character to them uh the canyon that the golf course interacts with throughout the entire golf course basically you run into the canyon on two uh you run into the canyon on seven you run into the canyon on eight uh eleven uh 16 like you're just always 18 or excuse me uh 14 15
0: 16
1: yeah you're just all up in that canyon dude it's just so freaking cool and the green complexes are great the bunkering is great it was 28 dollars to play which is really great uh (laughs) it's so good i was blown away with soul park i loved soul park it's probably one of my favorite golf courses in southern california but the one thing soul park did for me More than anything else has made me truly appreciate how good Rustic is, because Rustic is awesome, and I've played Rustic probably five times now, and I love Soul Park, and I thought Soul Park and Rustic were of similar caliber, and they just are not, and that's not a bad thing. They're complete. They're two golf courses trying to be very different things, but I immediately like gained just this newfound appreciation for Rustic, and I was like, man, Rustic is so special. I think, objectively speaking, Rustic is a little bit of a better golf course. Like, if I was to rate them sure. on a 1-10 to 10 scale, I mean, you know, Rustic would creep into that 7.9, 8.1 territory. And Soul Park would be realistically a full point below it, right? It would be in that 6.9, 7.1 range. Okay. Um, not that it's a bad thing. Both courses are awesome. You should 1,000% go see them. And you, once you see them once, you'll want to play them both again, for sure. Because they're incredible. But Rustic is further and further differentiating itself as far as the list of golf courses that I really enjoy to play. The more I play it and the more I see it, the more I realize just how good it is. And it is, I mean, as far as public golf goes in this country or in this state, I should say, cause that's what I know as far as public golf goes in this state, in this state, it is, it is about as good as it gets. Frankly, it's about as good as it gets, man. It's, it's just as good as Pasa I would, I would pay, play positive. If you had to, if you had to tell me that I had to play Rustic or Pasatiempo tomorrow, it would be a coin flip, right? I'd be like, well, both are going to really? be awesome days. Yeah, dude, are you kidding me? Absolutely. I think Rustic is so good, man. I think Rustic is so, so good and infinitely interesting.
0: Yeah, that dude, I, I think that is absolutely fascinating. I um, You know, I had a little bit of a different take. I I thought they, in, in at least from my completely subject, subjective point of view, and, and I'm only judging this based on – where would I enjoy playing, like, tomorrow? I I, I see Rustic and Soul as, as kind of more peers and, like, equals. But for very different reasons, you know, I, I think the par threes at Rustic are so much better. I mean, I, outside of that third hole, like you said, at Soul back. The par threes at Rustic Canyon are world-class. Especially, like, that first par three, was it five? Four or five? Four, four. Four is the first par three. Oh, my gosh. So good. The kind of blind So green. good.
1: You oh. can't see the green really. There's kind of a big ridge in it. It's it's an that's such a great par three. And then two holes later, you play six, which might be one of the best par threes ever, dude. It's so yeah, and that's good. A, and, it,
0: and it's such a great mix too, because on that those three par threes in the front end at rustic, you have this great like mid iron that's like quite like half blind that you can kind of play a f- 500 different ways, right? You can play it low, you can play it high, you can play it left to right, you can play it. Dry. I mean, you can that that golf hole has limitless possibilities, right? A nice little mid iron. Then the second part three, it's like, oh, you like that? I'm gonna need about two oh five in the air from you, and I'm gonna need you to land it on a dot. Sorry, there's just gonna have there has to be one part three at every great golf course. It's like, I need you to hit a fucking shot. Like, yes, I need exactly. you to hit a big boy golf shot. And if you do it, it's gonna feel good. And if you don't, you might put up a crooked number. I, I like that. I like having at least one par three every round that's just like you know, it's a more. Yeah. Exactly. And then you followed up with a great short par three, a little drop shot hundred yarder with like a lot in a lot going on, like around the green, but a big green. Like I, I like the variety of the par threes at Rustic, much more so than at Soul Park, but also almost more so than anywhere. I mean, it's yes. just got a great collection of par threes. Um I will say, I think I kind of like the vibe. And I like the the routing at Soul Park and kind of goes back and forth over the I, I think that's where I maybe would give the bump to, to soul park. But in terms of the golf courses, man, for me, if it's like, Hey, play one or the other, I would just be flipping the coin every single day and be super happy with whatever came up.
1: I agree. I think the vibe, the soul park has a way better vibe for sure. There's just more going on. Oh, is a freaking cool town and it's right in the middle of Ohio and Moore park is not a cool town and there's nothing, (laughs) not not a cool town. So, So it's, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. It just is what it is. Uh, but yes, I see what you're saying there, 100%. I just think Rustic is just, man, oh man, Rustic, Rustic. is just so I was so good. impressed, man.
0: And that's the thing. It's like, Rustic is, it's kind of like Sweetens, right? Where it's like the internet has just made, turned it into this thing that it's like, it's almost like a holy land, right? It's like every person that's on golf social media is like, Do I have to play Sweetens and I have to play Rustic Canyon. Then, and, that, and again, that's not a knocker because they're both phenomenal golf courses. I, I mean, shoot, I can ask you. You've played them both somewhat recently, right? They're both yeah, just, they're both justifiably awesome.
1: And both awesome. Rustic is the best. Dude, Rustic Rustic is the of the of the hipster public courses that I've played on golf social media in the last year, Rustic is the best. Dude, Rustic is so good. And and Rustic it, it's funny because
0: Rustic I I think one thing that is kind of underrated about it is that it does feel very rustic.
1: Oh my god. Like is there the there is rustic golf- vibes
0: all over that place. Dude,
1: it's so rustic bro it's so rustic like
0: it's not like super refined it's like you know the course conditions i i would never say they're like rough because they're not they're great right like for what it is it's great but it's definitely a little rough around the edges it's like a little bumpy but it's like in the best way the the way that you'd go you know a course that you'd find in scotland and you go pay fucking 10 pounds to go play you don't have any illusions about it being a super nice golf course but it's really cool it's funky it's fun it's exactly what it's supposed to be and Rustic kind of has that same sort of feel to it when you're out there. It's like, this is just this is a fucking cool golf course. A it's really good, enough. unique, cool golf course. Exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And by the way, your boy, came you won a couple skins when we were out there, Rustic, as well. You, you, you started off a little slow you're, You after a lengthy drive, after a night of, uh, you know, very, you know, camaraderie and, and some fun with the with the boys, from what I understand. It, it, Took a a little slow coming out of the gate, but man, you really turned on the Jets at the turn.
1: Uh, Yeah, I had a great day. I just was missing it left. I was doing the, the first four holes. I just hit it left. I was looking up the left side trying to cut it, and all three of them went left, and it's like, well, (laughs) that's just not good. (laughs) That's 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 not going to end well. Damn it. not exactly what we're looking for here. I made the swing thinking that it would do anything but go left, and all three of them went exactly left. So I was like, well, that is just not good. But then I rattled off a quick four in a row for the boys, dude. And it was just, it was fun. I, I enjoy Rustic. I love Rustic, man. I just love Rustic. And I, I will say, so I think Rustic,
0: I think has, well, okay. Four and five at, at Seoul are pretty awesome. Like anytime you get back to back par fives is sick. But I will say, like, I think Rustic. Six is better, really cool. Better more. par threes, great par fives. The par fives at Rustic are. Amazing, they're oh, supremely good. I think I, I like the par threes and the par fives at Rustic more, and I think Soul Park has some more fun. Ah, I, I can't say more fun, but I'd I love the collection of par fours at Soul Park. Every single one of them is great,
1: every single one of them is really good. I agree. Soul Park is desperately missing a drivable one, though. Yeah, is there not a single
0: drive? Well, I mean, I guess there's kind of uh, what is it, 10, 11.
1: 12, 13. 13 is kind of drivable. I guess I didn't have more. I, I didn't have less than sixty yards either day. So it's oh, like see, a...
0: you you made the mistake of of being really good at golf and having to play the tips, dude. You know, when oh, you, you you go you go you go one up like us per strap rules. You know, shout out to the to you know <laughs> the big man and, uh, <laughs> and Nicarito. I from from the one ups, it was awesome.
1: Oh, wow. See, I wish now I wish I would have played the one-ups. The par fives at Seoul were easy. Every single one of them was yeah. reachable with less than a five iron. I eagled that, two of that, them. That's really,
0: that's really its, only, it, it, its biggest flaw, right? There's not like yeah. a, a— Because that's what—Rustic has a couple par fives that are like, yo, you ready to get your ass beat on a par five? Five. <laughs> yeah, is five, dude. Well. Five, five is, is that monster,
1: hole. Dude, five is a oh, fucking monster, man. That, if you're short of that big swale, like— could, I lost my soul at the bottom of that soil when we were there. By the way, have you ever seen a green complex like that in America outside of Bandon Dunes? No, that's – the th- dude, come on. Like the Rustic Canyon is in the conversation with Bandon Dunes as far as like those types of things that you see, right? That's why – like the more you play it – I'm on like five rounds there now. And it's like, dude, every time I go, I'm like, yo, this place is super special. This place is really special and it's only three hours away. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, and the funny thing is I – now that I'm hearing you kind of describe everything, I'm looking really excited for I my second, third and fourth rounds at Rustic and Soul Park. I think are really going to help me, you know, crystallize my 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 thoughts on each of them because I have a feeling that as I play them both more, there it's certainly possible that I may be kind of going to where you're at right now and that Rustic certainly seems like one of those golf courses that just kind of gets better every time you play it. Well, it I'm sure Soul better. Park's assembly
1: Soul Park does too, but I think Soul Park, the one issue with Soul Park, not an issue, uh, but the one thing about Soul Park is that the greens are just so small. So, like, the features are big on the greens, but they're not big greens. Where, like, Rustic has greens that are the size of some people's houses, you know? Like, it's like they're huge. Like And so you just have endless amount of places to put the pins and do things with where like soul park it's like like 18 is a great example because the 18th green at soul park is so cool like quasi punch bowl really steep steep on the right side but the only place to put it is just up and down that left corridor so it's like well you know how much can you really do and then you think about like the ninth green at rustic where the pin when we played it was literally like four from the back and four from the left and then you can literally go almost 80 yards to the oh. other side and go front, right. And all of a sudden the whole place completely different, right? It's just, I don't know. It's just Every
0: crazy. single golfer that we ran into at Rusta Canyon was like, I've never seen the pin there. That was crazy. You're like, Dude, I know. Nasty on it, nine. Was it was so was nasty.
1: It was nasty on nine. It was so nasty.
0: Oh, man. What
1: what what an exception. I,
0: I cannot recommend that enough. For anybody out there that's looking for a great like golf weekend with their friends uh, or their wives or their, you know, anybody a little like soul
1: park rustic canyon double dip back-to-back days that's
0: tough to beat man
1: oh it's so good man it's so good it's so good i had so much fun i'm so happy i got to see soul i'm bummed that i didn't get didn't get to see it with you guys but i am happy i got to play rustic with you guys because i like i said i love that place but soul was something very special too it's really really special soul i thought um and it's just cool to have Keel kind of touch in all the different places around Southern California.
0: Totally, man. Yeah, I, I could not agree with you
1: more. I, I think uh, we're going to try to
0: start to have that be like an annual thing. Like, at least, I don't know if it'll be in March again next year because, uh, uh, you yeah, know, Newsflash, you and I are going to be a Band of Dunes next March. So <laughs> maybe it won't be in March next year, but I think a little, uh, yeah, a little Soul Park, Rustic Canyon uh, double dip
1: once I'm a year I'm calling it right now, dude. I'm making a hole in one at eleven at pack dunes next year, bro cause let's I lift one out I lift one out on my first trip, and that hole owes me one dude God, let's go i
0: honestly, I would love nothing more, not even like me getting it i seeing somebody hoop one on eleven at pack
1: would be a seminal moment in my life like oh, I, that, for sure. I i oh my gosh i i the jubilation. Buddy, I, told, I told the story on this podcast. My buddy Justin made a one on two at Bandon Dunes, and that was a seminal moment in my life, dude. God. So now I need to one up him. I need to go get eleven at Bandon, dude. Or eleven at Pack, because that one fucking owes me. Dude. I, I
0: will say though, if you are if you are gonna if you are gonna make an ace somewhere, Bandon is not just the most awesome place that you could probably do it, but also the cocktails don't come cheap at Bandon, so that, that that's gonna be a
1: costly ace, but a worthwhile costly oh, okay. as well I'm, I'm here for the mems, baby yeah, or yeah. lack thereof yeah <laughs> oh it's awesome oh mr jordan this has been so great man I, we're at almost 10 p.m on a sunday night and we're still awake go us go us dude i'm an old man so this is way past my bedtime yeah <laughs> I, I, i'm right there with
0: you brother well let's let's, uh, let's let's put a wrap on this thing anything else you want to share with the fine uh the fine listeners out there before
1: we we bid them adieu no, I don't have anything else that I want to share at the moment. I do want to do like a deep dive on Rustic and Soul Park, so I think we could do. I think we could do like a good hour on both of them. I kind
0: of... I feel like it would be very easy to do a deep dive, and actually, you know what? Let's uh let let's put this in in the hopper. Let's let's uh let's work on this a little bit because I think we could actually probably get some guests on that maybe have even a little bit more experience with uh with both of those things that I think would be really fun to uh, explore and kind of see really not just about how good they are, but maybe how those two golf courses could be more of like a template for other municipal golf courses all over the place. Because really what they did,
1: especially Southern California,
0: I, I don't think those golf courses really cost any more to build or to do than any other, you know, golf course that was built at the same time doing the same. It's just, they just hired the right people and they did a really, really good job and Man, I think I think of so many municipal golf courses that if they just got kind of like a Soul Park sort of facelift for a couple million bucks, if they could find a way to do it, they could start a, I mean, shoot. Bennett Valley. Dude, yeah. Bennett Valley, case in point. I mean, I'm telling you, there was, what, 14 of or like almost 14 of us that drove down from the Bay Area to go play a municipal golf course in Ventura County. Right? Like, people traveling from all over the place. And can you imagine how much of it... You could turn every... Like, so many municipal golf courses into... Great tourist attractions, right? They'll be bringing tourism dollars from all over the place and people come to visit, you know, cities that they never would have gone. I mean, shit, without Soul Park, I have no idea when I ever would have visited Ohio, California. As it's cool true. as it is,
1: it's true. It's
0: out there, dude. It's not close to me. I don't know when I would have. And then Soul Park, the, their renovation of their public golf course is what prompted me and 13 other Northern California kids to hop in their car, drive for seven to eight hours to go play this awesome little municipal golf course. And it was worth it. And it's, yep. it, it's super exciting to think about other municipal golf courses kind of doing something similar. So I, I I would love to explore that and see if uh, see, see what we can learn from Soul let's Park get, from to Canyon.
1: Let's get that in the hopper, dude, because I think we can definitely learn something and hopefully set a template forth for many of good public Southern California golf courses, which we desperately need. Yeah, I like that. All right, on that note, Mr. Dur,
0: go get some rest, my friend.
1: I'm tired, dude. Good night. Love you all. Love you, buddy. See you all later. Love
0: you all. Mr. Durr, have a fantastic evening. And uh, until next time, everybody, adios. Adios.